And we are live. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. I'm Scott. I'm running solo today. It might be a little bit of a shorter one. Just looking to hit a couple questions we had in the Discord, and we'll do it over a rookie mock draft because we are just a little bit under a week out, two weeks out, and uh, I can't wait to see where some of these players go. Before we get into it, let's kick that intro. It's the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I, like, I'm, I'm in for Death, taxes, and the 2022 wide receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skylar. No, no player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really... I, had not, I have not really heard this yet. I listen to a lot of pods, and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. Okay, guys, we got the board here. And we are kick starting this one off superflex format for anyone who is wondering we'll wait for Bijan to come off the board here i will say Bijan has gone 101 in every single mock track we have had except maybe three or four and i think that will probably stand true for most of your leagues so we'll wait for jaguar to come off here my plan here typically with the one of three which i'm telling everyone who has 102 103 is just sticking with cj sticking with our boy Bryce Young, I think with these two guys, it's just not overthinking it. I think the floor is very safe for these two prospects. A lot of managers sitting 102, 103 can't afford the miss on Anthony Richardson. And that's where I think the tier kind of separates. So Anthony Richardson comes into the question kind of 104, 105, depending on your team need. I think him or JSN, I'm completely fine with the decision. Jaguar here is a, a, a regular in our mocks, usually always taking Bijan. He's frequently at the 101. We'll lock that one in. See where Stern goes. Get Brees or CJ. While we're doing this, okay, we're locking Bryce. I'll just pop a couple of our questions out of the Discord, and we will wrap this thing up once the draft is done and we get through these questions. First one we had here in the Discord was Garrett Wilson or the 201. Uh, Garrett Wilson plus the 201 or the 102 plus 301. We got a Superflex PPR league here. And I think this one probably comes down to your quarterback situation for this member of our Discord community. If you are in more of a rebuild and you desperately need that quarterback position, I think the 102 side is okay. I think the 201 301 difference is I would like to close that gap. Probably just remove those two, right? If the other manners are looking strictly for a wide receiver, I think Garrett Wilson for 102 is a fine swap. I can see manners going one way or the other. Both are kind of like late second round startup values here. So I think. That would make a lot more sense. But just in a vacuum here, uh, I'm going to lean Garrett Wilson 201 because I think at worst, Garrett Wilson and 102 are very similar assets. And then the 201 just clears the 301. So that's where we're going to stand on this. We got Will Levis coming off the board at 106, which is you might see in some of your leagues. It really depends. I mean, if he goes top 15 in this upcoming draft, we have to respect the draft cattle. Person for Will Levis, where it's not a prospect that here at JWB we're particularly high on. We are just telling managers, right, when you get the first-round draft capital as a quarterback, they really shouldn't be escaping the first round. Where personally, with Will Levis, I'm down at kind of 111, 112, simply because of what we've seen in the past. We also have had quarterbacks that went first round who did surge and fight. Of course, Justin Herbert earlier on his career is a much higher prospect than Will Levis, so I'm not comparing these two apples for apples. But with the draft capital, we get it wrong all the time. So with Will Levis, I don't think he should be leaving the first round if he does get that NFL first round draft capital but 106 here over Jameer Gibbs that's against consensus we got Addison coming right off at 108 a lot of people have the concerns with Jordan Addison I have him in a tier kind of of his own uh much earlier producer than some of these other guys Zay Flowers kind of the next guy with him in a lot of people's rankings and with Jordan Addison 
I know we have the size concerns. I don't think the speed is as concerning as people think. You don't have to be an absolute true burner to use it. He plays faster than this. Players like Stefan Diggs ran very similar times. That's kind of what we're looking here for Jordan Addison. Um, he's pretty much a lock to go in the first round of the NFL draft. And with that, I don't really care that he sits under 185 pounds. I'm just going to respect how the league feels about him. I view him. A tier above Quentin Johnson for me who has a lot more concerns. I think he's the biggest boom bust type player you're going to be taking here in the first round. Where typically, I think what he offers is more appealing in the early second, but kind of where tiers fall off here in this class. He's 108, 109 kind of de facto. So fine with the pick there, him or Flowers. For managers who have their concerns about Zay Flowers being a senior breakout, I think that will be combated by if he goes first round in the NFL, which all signs point to right now that he's one of those wide receivers who is going to go into the first round and when we have that i think we over uh emphasize that early declare status for a lot of these wide receivers and there were reasons he went back a lot of the guys today's age and he absolutely crushed it when he went back of course um it was a flowers i mean we did this last year a player like john dotson who a lot of managers were on the fence about gets the first round draft capital and then they try to convince themselves, you know, well, Washington's not a spot I want to see go. Well, Zay Flowers goes to New England. You're going to see a lot of people kind of echoing that. And where I think in the back of the first, it's just a really comfortable spot to be taking Zay Flowers. I'm not telling you to reach taking 106, 107. I still like Jordan Addison there, but I really think the conversation starts around 108 to the 111 territory. I think it's really appropriate to take Zay Flowers. Jaguar here, but hopefully we got the cue set. I don't know what was going on there for you. We're coming around here. Early second, we got 203. It's a really tough spot in the draft, right? So with a player like Jalen Hyatt, I don't particularly love his skill set for something that we want to go and target in the early second round. But he's one of those guys where you know, I think worse is that he goes in round two of the NFL draft for some of these backs, right, that people really like. Devin Chain, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, Tank Bibsby. We don't necessarily know where they're going to go, and it's so significant, right? So at this point, I'm a lot more comfortable taking some of these wide receivers, like when we see Josh Downs in this territory, Michael Mayer, just for now, even a Dalton Kincaid, because the security, if you are drafting this early, is there. Um, normally, like in my rankings, I would love for this to be a Sean Tucker-type spot, but with Sean Tucker, I mean, the NFL is really pointing against the chances of this guy going day two at this point, which is really disappointing. I'm going to lock in Zach Evans because of that. And with Sean Tucker, they did announce today he was cleared from certain medical things that were really hush-hush, which was concerning. And he will have a pro day next Monday, which will be really exciting. I will say he probably has to crush that uh, pro day to elevate his draft status. But I'm holding out hope. I really like a lot of Sean Tucker's analytical profile as well as kind of that speed. I think he is good with the ball in his hands. Um, so we'll have to see what the NFL thinks. I'm not going to push and, you know, pound the drum for people to take Sean Tucker because I like parts of his profile here in the early second round or at the end of the first, even when he could go as a fifth round running back. And then when that happens, you're never taking one of those guys before the, the late second at best because just opportunity, right? The draft capital. I know it's so oversubscribed. Well, if he gets the draft capital, it is just such an important part of what drives opportunity in the league. And we just can't justify backs that slide to day three this early right question in chat we got two or four or alvin kamara standard scoring super flex i think this is a very interesting question the standard scoring does make it a little more appealing because a player like josh downs even as a flowers they do shoot way further back in my rankings for the standard scoring format so i think two or four for kamara is probably an equal trade i know it's kind of 
a cop-out thing for you. Personally, I'm avoiding Alvin Kamara. The whole situation concerns me. We don't know what's cleared up with his, with um, you know the legal, as well as when it comes back, what this offense is going to quite look like, and if he's going to delegate some of that red zone opportunity to player Jamal Williams, who just excelled as well as anyone in the league last year in that role. I don't know what the ceiling here is for Alvin Kamara. Hopefully, you know, he could be getting 70-plus targets like he did for year after year with Drew Brees, but we haven't really seen that with Derek Carr historically. So I'm not sure with Alvin Kamara what version of him we're going to get in the long term. That being said, I think it's probably very fair because if you do get any bit of the old Alvin Kamara, it's it's a good pick here. So we're going to lock in Tajay Spears here at 303. I think this is another back where it really just depends where he goes. A lot of people do like him when talking about a player like Alvin Kamara. I think they're slightly different, but with Spears, he was a true workhorse type back there at Tulane. He had some big plays. Uh, he's speedy. He's done himself all the favors between the combine and his pro day. Again, I'm not going to overemphasize Tajay Spears. Player has been very hyped at this point, but you, I think early third round is a really fair shot for a back that I think would excel with opportunity. Why? Any concern with Zach Evans being smaller than expected, less than ideal production profile. I think on tape, he still looked like a really solid back. There's been hype about this guy. Uh, you know, both programs he was at there in college. I do have some concerns, but I think it's a little banked into cost, right? I think if the NFL isn't concerned about that for Zach Evans, I'm not going to be. Um, and I would be very surprised if, if Zach Evans slides into day three. So the size doesn't concern me as much. I still think 215. I still think is completely fine. Of course, we would have liked that to be more 225, but he could have been doing that to get his 40 time up, um, which, again, we didn't really get that either, but that could be an explanation for it. Uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't go into the season a little heavier than he was when he showed up for the combine. Shout out to Rano Dave, our guy here in the chat. Boy, boy, saying production profile means almost nothing to me for running backs. That is true. I mean, it's again, it's such an opportunity driven spot in the NFL. I think explosive metrics are probably the most important thing for me. When a player shows the ability to be explosive, that's through kind of, you know, the 40 time, their cone drill shuttle, um, the bench press, these types of things. I think it means a lot. You combat that with draft capital. I think that absolutely outweighs production profile so much. So many reasons your production profile can either be there or be off through college. So I completely agree with Nate there, but we do like to see a little bit of at least being able to hold a workhorse type role, which sometimes you do get through the production. You can see that they're capable of holding the ball that much or being utilized in that way. And they said same 12 players in the first round of his rookie draft. I will say these 12 that are going, uh, this is the top 12 in our ADP. It's the most common when we took, when we look at median outcome, the most common 12 in the first round. So I would say this is pretty chalk. This is pretty consensus. If you want to get a feel for the rookie ADP, we have tracked over a hundred mocks in our discord, which you can, I will drop it there in the chat. Google Sheet, put that in. We've got ADP from pre pre NFL Combine ADP, and then post NFL Combine pre NFL Draft ADP. You click on that tab, you can see the difference. You can see the shift, how players have moved since then, which opens a conversation for why some of those players have moved. I will say it goes as deep as we have eighty seven players who have been drafted. So a really good full sense there. We got two or four. Dalvin Cook 
Looks like you are shopping 204 for a running back, which I do understand, right? Because especially at this point, we don't know if half of these running backs get Thanos snap. They don't go to spots we like. They don't go as high as we would like. We're not going to get it back at the caliber of some of these players at that spot. So I understand what you're going here. I will say I'll probably go with Dalvin Cook. If he is not with the Minnesota Vikings, I think wherever he goes, he will have a significant role. But with Dalvin Cook, of course, I think this is more a one-two-year rental. I don't know if this is the target if you aren't a competing team. But if you're a competing team and you're looking for to add another running back, which, again, in April, I don't think is an absolute necessity. But assuming that is what you're looking at, I do think I will take Dalvin Cook over the 204. I think with Dalvin Cook in season, I would probably prefer to ship off or package a little something, get into the 2025 first round. I think that would be my main target here. So when we get to the fourth round, a lot of people ask, what, what kind of stabs are you looking to take? And I think there are two approaches. With wide receivers here, a lot of these guys who are day three wide receivers, the hit rates are extraordinary low. Even some of these day two wide receivers, round three, go back and look at the last 10 years of round three wide receiver hit rates. Even that round is really, really low. So when players go past even the second round, unless if they have an elite trait, I don't usually reach for wide receivers. That being said, the players I do go for here are more tight ends with athletic profiles, opportunity to day one starting opportunity, or running backs that end up landing in spots that seem really appealing where they could potentially get game time, or if they have something that really stands out on their profile. We got a Dwayne McBride, who's not a player I'm personally in just because I don't think there's any ceiling thing we're looking. The best case Ontario here for him is like a Damian Harris type season at some point in his career, the one he had there in New England. So maybe a player that, because at least we know he is a good, he's a top pounder player, Evan Hull, who is his, uh, which is who I will take here. His athletic measurables were really, really good. It was almost on bar with a player like Bijan Robinson. He did show the ability to be a workhorse there in college. And if he finds a nice little home, that could be a player that's very appealing for me, right? In the past years, we looked at what kind of players broke out. Two years ago, you had Jake Perry with us pounding the table for Elijah Mitchell. Last year, you had us pounding the table for Isaiah Pacheco. Again, it comes down to what do they have in their prospect profile versus what do where do they land, right? A player of Pacheco is a combination of the two. Elijah Mitchell, it was the landing spot. So Evan Hole is an early candidate for to me for a player who falls into that. The other types of players I'll be looking at are these, when I mentioned these athletic tight ends, we got Zach Kuntz here. Very, very, very athletic. I think Will Mowry's interesting. He'll probably slide in your fifth or go undrafted. Sam Laporta above both of those names. Uh, it's a very landing spot dependent play for Sam Laporta. There are some limitations, but he does have a good athletic profile, good production profile. I think he could be very solid an opportunity where he will get targets, which is absolutely not guaranteed. But I think he's worth the shout, especially in the fourth round. He's a really good taxi uh, type player for me. I really like to put these tight ends on my taxi squad versus the players like Evan Hull, right? If you look at the past years, like Elijah Mitchell, the injuries happened there in San Francisco. Well, now Elijah Mitchell, you're either trading the player or you are in inserting him into your lineup, both of which of all you taking him off of your taxi squad, which burns a roster spot. So we're managing the end of our bench, which is something we're constantly looking to churn and turn. Probably these athletic tight ends who can sit, because even if they do hit, player Chicken Conquil last year, again, you probably had comparable starting options at certain points of the season, and you weren't pulling Chig off of your taxi squad. So he just keeps that kind of there in an open spot for the rest of the season. We've got Snipe beyond Evan Hull. Evan Hulk. I like that one, Toronto Dave. Before we get out of here, I will. If you guys have any questions on the draft board, any players in particular, please drop them in. We can talk about them now. But I will say we have a 
we have a three-round rookie mock where we're going to go into depth with every single player that comes out on Saturday, as well as rookie content all week. We have our full running back rankings coming out on Wednesday. We have next Sunday, our full wide receiver rankings coming out on Friday. We have our full tight end rankings coming out and quarterbacks, um, I think. We've gone over quarterback so darn much. You can cover our clip catalog, which is in the description, which we'll go back and see any takes on any of these quarterbacks. Uh, so that's kind of where we're standing on that. So I'm not going to go too in depth here unless anyone has any questions. We can talk on those players before we hop out. I'm going to bring up a couple more of these questions we had from the Discord. DeAndre Swift and Jerry Judy or Hollywood Brown in the 24 first. Total team Superflex PPR start 10. It's a really, really interesting trade here because at different points, I think I definitely would have been on the Swift Judy side. And I think the upside really sits on that for me. But I'm a very conservative manager. I think Judy and Hollywood are similar tiered assets. And then the 24 first is so much safer than DeAndre Swift. Depends on your team. I think if I was from a position of privilege, I had a really deep, deep, excuse me, and a bunch of extra draft capital. I might take the upside swing here on DeAndre Swift and Jerry Judy, but in a lot of cases where I don't think I can, I can survive if DeAndre Swift doesn't end up getting a boost or being the player we want him to be. I'm going to lean the Hollywood Brown and 24 first side. I think it's a lot safer, but I just want to give some context why I think both sides do make some sense. We got Toronto saying clip catalog is gold. I love the little Canadian there in catalog. Absolutely. Takes a lot of time. So anyone who tells me it's worthwhile, I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad that some people are finding use for it. We got here. Are we worried about Mark Andrews production if Lamar Jackson is no longer a Raven? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, Mark Andrews is a bona fide stud. I mean, he's capable. He's athletic. And he's also good with the ball in his hands. He's good at getting open. He's good. He commands targets. Every. I mean, since he's been in the league, he's done nothing but produce. Um yeah, I wouldn't be concerned without Lamar Jackson really at all, especially if you do think who's going to replace him, right? They're going to come in. Mark Andrews is still the safety blanket target. Um, yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I mean, he still averages eight targets a game without Lamar Jackson, his career, 60 yards a game on that, and every, a touchdown every other game. I mean, that's still tight end one numbers, right? So with Mark Andrews, I do not have concerns without Lamar Jackson. Let's see. Discord, tight end rookie draft, draft strategy, and tight end premium league. Knowing most teams will want to reach for one. And he later in darts other than Laporta, Koontz, and Tucker Craft. Well, it's a very interesting question. I will first want to touch on the tight end premium and drafting tight ends in drafts. I'm not over extending myself in a tight end premium format for tight ends in general. I think there are some you know, exclusions, right? The Kelsey, the Mark Andrews that we mentioned are two players where they do get a bump because the volume is so significant and it does raise their floor. It does put them more in wide receiver two comparable territory or higher, which is very significant week to week. But these, these tight ends who are more, you know, one, you're looking for one big play touchdown upside. I do not reach for these types of players. I'm not going to go out and pass years, Hunter Henry's Johnny Smith and, and overspend because of either two tight end or tight end premium. I prefer to take more of those cheap shots, those Chica Conquos at the very end of our drafts, as mentioned. Now, you ask, who are we reaching, or who are we taking at the end of these drafts and not Laporta, Coons, and Kraft, who are kind of the three guys that I think uh, really stand out as the athletic type of tight ends uh, that we're going for? Just going through my rankings here, who else do I think is worth the stab? Uh, you didn't mention Luke Musgrave. I think at the very 
end of the third where he kind of routinely slides to. That is a pick I'm very interested in. He's an athletic tight end. His production wasn't there. Uh, he was injured at points of college, but this was an elite skier. He's a family of athletes. He was a lacrosse player. There's He's just a baller. He's just a guy out there playing sport. Uh, he's somebody who you know could transition and have a role in the NFL. Uh, I think if a team uses him, he gets the opportunity. It could be someone I'm interested in. Past those three guys, not particularly. I think Will Mowry from Miami of Florida is maybe one to keep an eye on, depending where this guy goes. Uh, past that, I don't think there's a whole lot. Uh, potentially Luke Shoemaker, uh, Cameron Latu, if we do like where they end up or they get a little higher than expected draft capital, but I think you kind of nailed it with those three. I will say Musgrave maybe closer to the Laporta range, and then maybe Mallory closer to the Kuntz and Kraft territory are two players that I will throw in with that. Now we got this trade: Ramondre Stevenson, twenty-five first, two twelve and twenty dollars. Fab or Alexander Madison, two or three, two or seven, twenty twenty-four third and a four oh seven in this upcoming class. This is not close. This is Ramondre Stevenson in just about every single format. I think 203 for a 25 first, I guess, is a wash. I prefer the 25 first probably anyway. But then we're looking at Ramondre Stevenson, 212 for 207, a third, fourth. And Madison, Madison, I mean, I guess like worth like a late second. Yeah, this is in particular close. Ramondre Stevenson, you're going to absolutely run away with that one. Trade here, Bijan Robinson, 210 or Deshaun Watson, 109. 10 teams to start 10. I will say with a 10-teamer, Bijan is closer to Deshaun Watson for me because I think he could be an absolute difference maker. We do want to consolidate and get elite, elite assets. True, absolute difference makers is the smaller we go. So you have the eight teams. We're ch absolutely chasing players like Kelsey, Mark Andrews. They get such significant boosts because we need those game-changing players in our lineup. That being said, I have Deshaun Watson in startup value worth more than Bijan Robinson. I think he's still a top 10 quarterback. It's a lock. I think he's closer to the top five territory than he is outside the top 10. I think if you look back historically, Deshaun Watson is a player who's, I mean, the last time we see him play points per game, total finishes, it was like quarterback four, quarterback five, quarterback five. The last uh, two games of the year, which I know was very small, right back to it, quarterback five. Uh, he did struggle at the beginning for sure for fantasy. I do think it was overplayed from a real football perspective, how he was. I don't think he was really that poor. His accuracy was still there, um, but he was integrating with a new team. I think you could expect that rust there for Deshaun Watson. I think we get a version of Deshaun Watson a lot closer to what it was before. I think he's a quarterback one next season. He's still young. He's locked into, he had that $250 million guaranteed. It's a cornerstone asset for your team. I think Deshaun Watson has been one of the most disrespected dynasty assets this offseason. And it was a scumbag and we don't want to root for him. Apologize my language. Um, but still, we're playing fantasy here, and Deshaun Watson is an elite asset here. So I think this is the Deshaun Watson for me confidently, because even if we want to call Bijan and Deshaun Watson more or less a wash, the 109 is a clear, clear upgrade to that 110. So confidently leaning on that side. We got Toronto Davis St. Shoemaker back on the past uh, question for the tight ends. Spock saying, how do you know if you're a contender? 12-team, Superflex, standard scoring, start nine. How do you know if you're a contender? You're going to go to our Discord. You're going to come into our Discord. You're going to drop your team and your league settings, and we're going to break it down for you. We're going to talk to you through it. Um, I think in a super flex, I think if you have one elite cornerstone type quarterback, right, those top those top names that we were mentioning before, um, one of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. 
Yep, that's 10. If you have one of those guys and then we have a high four quarterback, two or two of those guys combated with at least one running back, we think is a bona fide RB1 and two to three wide receivers that are in wide receiver two or better territory. That's where we know we are more in the playoff race. I think it's just the quality of the starting lineup. But if you come into our Discord, we can give you very specific. It's tough to say in a vacuum what makes a team a contender other than saying <laughs> you have good players. So um, come into our Discord. It is in the description. Drop your team down, and we'll we'll break it down. We'll let you know if you are looking to contend next season. I do. I will say a lot of times, if you think you're more on the fence, I wouldn't just blow everything up for a rebuild. I'm not going to pass on good deals if they're there. But you can always go in in season. I think it's tough to know exactly where you're at in a lot of situations until maybe week five and then more towards thanksgiving is when we know for sure more where other people's draft picks and things may be able to land so we can try to make moves in season we don't always have to blow it up at this point but if you are fringe and you have deals on the table for let's say running backs off second contract or older i'm talking 30 plus age wide receivers and the packages make sense i'm not going to hesitate to move off them because you probably aren't uh, as great of a contender if you aren't sure if you're quite there or not. Let's see. We have Amonra St. Brown, Cole Komet in a third, or Travis Kelsey at 105. One quarterback, no premiums. Hurts, ETN Swift, Devonta, London, Kelsey, JMO, Mooney, Myers are starters. A very weak bench. I will say with this team, this is an example of one that I think is contending. I don't know if it is the surefire contender because I don't know with DeAndre Swift, ETN, if we will lock ourselves into a top five running back. I don't know if Drake London's going to get the production we quite want next year uh, for, if we're winning a championship with Jameson Williams, Mooney, Jacoby Myers as the other guys kind of uh, looking to get us points. I think the floor seems very nice. I think it's very easily a playoff team. That being said, I'm going to St. Brown, Cole Komet, third, or Kelsey, 105. 105 and a one quarterback, guys. It's going to be that Quentin Johnson you see here on our draft board. Zay Flowers, Zach Charbonnet. I think we're right after Jordan Addison kind of hit the point in our draft. Being said, I don't think it's a horrible deal, but with the with the one quarterback, and with the one quarterback, I am giving a small boost to Travis Kelsey because he is a potential difference maker in your lineup uh, where you don't have a second quarterback where you could potentially have two elite guys to boost you in that way. So I think Travis Kelsey here, you can make an argument for her and him or I'm going Brown in the settings. And I think the one Oh five is significantly a gap from Cole Komet and the third. Um, I know we talked a little bit on this and I did see other details with your team. Um, I will say if we took a look at the other team, if you can get Chiggy Conkle back in this, we're moving off Travis Kelsey and 105 or Jamison Williams, I think very similar assets. Move one of those two with Kelsey, and we get back on St. Brown, Chick Conkle, maybe throw in a player in that Marquise Hollywood Brown, Chris Godwin type tier. That's then I'm probably more in on the deal. But for now, I think Travis Kelsey just offers you a lot, a lot of value. I'm probably just sticking with him and riding him to the wheels fall off. I see Toronto Dave here saying, take away the names of the teams and try to assess unbiased. I think, yeah, it's a good way to do it. You can go through and kind of break down where your every team in the league is at. That's one way to go through it. But Or you can come in the JDB Discord. I'm going to try to break it down with you uh, to try to see if you're not a contender yourself. Absolutely, Toronto Dave. We'll get one question, unless anyone has one, you drop down in the chat. Uh, Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid debate. Should Mayer be considered the fantasy working title one, or is it someone else? Well, Depends who you ask. Here at JWB, our consensus does 
say Michael Mayer, but I know with Oit Boy Nate, our boy who is here in the chat as well. Thank you for coming in, Nate. Um, he likes Dalton Kincaid above above our player, Michael Mayer, here. I think this is one where a lot of managers are overthinking it. Mayer's been that guy for probably two years, um, and he he tested just fine. I don't think the Aladdison is a huge concern, and he's, he was a safety blanket target hog all throughout school. Um, I think that's what he's going to be at the next level. He's going to go in the first round. Don Kincaid's more of a new riser. I think this is a player that pops off to you on film. This is a player where when you go through and you try to watch where a lot of people do highlights, Michael Mayer's highlights are nothing. He doesn't have one. The guy's going to put up 100 yards and not have one highlight out there. Kind of that Zach Ertz type mold. I think he's potentially could be a little better than Zach Ertz, at least earlier on. Um, I would love to see where he lands. I think Cincinnati is appealing. I don't know if year one, that's the best place. Uh, Green Bay and Dallas are two spots that would get me really excited for Michael Mayer. So well for Dalton Kincaid, but we don't know if Dalton Kincaid is going to be the receiver. We do think, but he can jump in for splash plays last year. The only tight ends who had more than three 30 yard plays throughout the year was, um, it was George Kittle and Chica Conquell, right? So we're looking for explosive playmakers. And I think Dalton Kincaid is the tight end in this class who could be that guy. He could really jump out, make big plays. He's athletic. Um, if he ends up a top two option on a team, it could be really, really exciting. Uh, if he's the third option, he has the big play ability to still make it up in the stat sheet. So I think that's where a lot of mayors could be exciting. He might not be as dependent on that landing spot to play Michael Mayer, where I think Mayer is going to excel if he's one of the top two receiving options. That's where I think he's really going to pop off. Michael Mayer is a safer pick here. I think with both two, I probably won't be drafting any because early second, there's not a whole lot of room for them to ascend in value. Uh, we see this a lot of times with rookie tight ends, where when we're taking them in the rookie draft, even if they pop off, you might be able to, if you in market, we're trading in the following year, exactly the same spot you just got them in the draft, which is really interesting. So we like these late stabs. Player Tonko at the end of your fourth or free. Now he's worth mid-second. Love that. It's a great, great ROI. So that being said, you know, I'm probably passing on both these guys and targeting more maybe Washington or Musgrave if they're there in the mid to late third. Same with Sam Laporta. And then we'll take our stabs on Kraft, Mowry, um, Shoemaker, kind of in the fourth round or the fifth round of our rookie drafts. We've got how early is it to take Jameer Gibbs? I think above 106 for me in Superflex formats is too early. 106. That's the spot for me. It's very comfortable. I think with Jameer Gibbs, the size does have some concerns. Now, he looked like a fantastic player in college. I do like a lot of the tape. Uh, as long as we're not looking at when he tried to pass block, some of it was really funny, ended up in the dirt. But a little a little guy like him, they're not going to be asking him to do a whole lot of that in the next league. I also think pass blocking is a very overrated rookie prospect um, part of their game where you're not coming into the league and earning a spot through purely pass protection. That's how a lot of veterans stick around and have roles. So with Jameer Gibbs as a, as a rusher, I think he's very talented as a receiver. That's where he really shines. He has the speed, but he's the sub 200 pounds at five foot nine. It does elicit some, some concerns. Now other players, it's really tough to find comps because when you look back other sub 200 pound backs who have had roles in the NFL and, um, you know, were featured like we expect Jameer Gibbs to, they were all kind of more like 5'11". So he's a little more compact, which could bode to be a little different. His BMI is a little better, but it's still below 30, which is kind of that mark we like for somebody who can handle more touches in the NFL. I will say like people say Jamal Charles, that is a pipe dream. Like Jamal Charles' workload also doesn't exist in today's game. The guy scored 50 points for your fantasy teams. Yeah, but he was touching the ball 20, 25 times. I think that's an absolute pipe dream. I'd say... 
probably a high-end median here could be like the NFL version of Reggie Bush that we got where he gave us a couple seasons early, good, but his longevity wasn't quite there, right? I think kind of his median, low median could be um, a player like CJ Spiller who popped off again, longevity wasn't there, but gave us like two decent seasons. And I think the floor is kind of more like James Cook type player where he could just be okay, pop up play here, there, part of a committee, uh, good in the receiving game, but never really featured more than that. I think that's the the floor, the bottom outcomes here for Jameer Gibbs. So with that range of outcomes and with how exciting he was as a player in college, I think he does warrant his spot in the draft, but I would not be reaching above 106. I think JSN offers a not only safer floor, but a potentially higher ceiling, especially if he ends up on the outside like we want him to be and elevate his game in the NFL. Uh, I think JSN, Jacksonmith, and Jigba is clearly ahead of Jameer Gibbs for me. And I think the Anthony Richardson versus Jameer Gibbs is the conversation. And with Anthony Richardson, I mean, most athletic tight end, a quarterback prospect we've ever seen, right? So I like taking him over Jameer Gibbs in a super flex format, strictly because of the upside, the size. This guy just stands out in a room. So 106 past that, I think, is a steal. Above that, I think, is a slight reach i do think when adp shakes out because he's a running back and there is a clear perceived gap between bj robinson and the third group of guys kind of where you see charbonnet devin a chain um your favorite player evans tucker kendra miller whatever uh come through there's a big gap so i think gibbs might get a boost from that a lot of leagues players really are chasing the running back position a lot of casual leagues so for adp wise i wouldn't be surprised this superflex format if gibbs ends up 104 105 jsn ends up 106 and adp but for me that's what I think. We got Toronto Dave saying best case Ontario is game breaking. Yes, best case Ontario. It's just one I stole from uh growing up upstate New York. Uh it just slips in there. Reminds me of home when I get to say it. But no more questions here. I just put in a couple from the Discord. Want to keep this one short for you guys instead of like two hours, you know, hour and a half, two hours like normal. Just popped in solo here. Get a quick little rookie mock here for you guys to look. A couple comments on it, get through a couple questions. Um, as we mentioned, Discord, hop in all questions you see underdog top corner if you want to participate in real drafts against real competition real competition with real prizes but you don't want the pressure of setting a lineup on sunday morning or tuesday waivers when you have 40 plus drafts but you love drafting underdog best place for you best ball format they will auto put in your best lineup every single week so you don't have to do all those little nagging moves first time depositors could code jwb for a match up to 100 dollars um, you can find all things on our Patreon. We have a bunch of free stuff, like the rookie ADP I mentioned, which is, you know, we're up to like 170 drafts. We have a bunch of startups in there too. The ADP being tracked so for these rookie drafts all in the sheet. The sheet is free in our Patreon. So go check it out as well as a couple other sheets. Um, our adjusted points per game sheets from the past couple seasons. Um, all that stuff for free on the Patreon. Go check it out. Go find the rookie ADP. See where some of these guys are going. Hop in our Discord. Also in the description, ask a bunch of questions. The chat is all day. Um, we're amping up for draft season. We have a show every single day for like the next two weeks. As I mentioned before, we got tight ends coming out on Friday. We've got running backs coming out on Wednesday. We've got a three round where we go in depth on every single pick coming out on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I think it's the day I'm going to put up where we have our wide receivers. So it's a really exciting time to come consume content over at JWB. You can find ours on Twitter at JWB underscore FF. I'm at the FF Buffalo. Skyler here. It was a pleasure chatting with you guys. Um, and until next week, peace.